0: Welcome to Lighthouse Church's Sermon Podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged with today's message. Morning, Lighthouse. I'm going to be um, speaking this morning on Signs of the Times. Uh, I've told you before I could do this about every three to four months, and there's so much new that's being unfolded before us. And So I thought I would do um, hopefully a one-week pit stop on this. Um, If it goes too long, I might extend it for two weeks, but we'll see what we can get through this morning. So it's a good time to be a part of a church, if I could say that. Amen. So as I start, I I need to ask you a favor. It's a very simple favor, but it might be uh, difficult for some. And what I'm asking you to do is to take your personal opinions, your political affiliations, and take a step back from the cliff. All right. And so what I want you to do is I want you to purely try to look through the lens of the Word of God this morning um, as I speak because it's very, very important. Sometimes we get so caught up in particular events, right, things that go on, that we lose sight of the bigger picture, right? So I need you to step back so you can see the bigger picture. We lose sight of the actual systems, and that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning, systems being put in place or the framework that are being established to usher in these end times that we're living in. So today I want to discuss that very thing, the antichristal systems being put in place. We as a nation are in a very important prophetic period of time. And if you didn't know that, I'm telling you this morning we are. The signs are all around us. I've preached on this before. If you have your antennas up, if you're able to step back from fighting uh, within the flesh, if you can step back, you can see that the signs are all around us, but are we listening? The warnings are being trumpeted, but are we aware? See, because God has always, throughout time, given His people signs and warnings to prepare His people so we know what's coming. We should never really be totally surprised when something takes place. Is that true? Because everything that's come to this point, if you look, is found in the Word of God. Everything that's happened, even the pandemic, is found in the Word of God. So this morning I want to share with you some signs that God revealed to us that we need need to take place in order for the end times to come about. But before I start, I felt a need uh, because sometimes as a pastor that has spent a lot of time in the Word, that has listened to a lot of messages, uh, read a lot of uh, books, sometimes I take for granted that you all know what I know. And so this morning what I'm going to do is kind of give you a brief uh, very topical timeline of the end times, so we can all kind of be on the same page. Now, not everybody may totally agree with what I'm saying, but for the sake of cohesion to this message, to understand this message, I'm going to real briefly go through it. So just bear with me as I kind of lay out how the last days are going to go. In Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and in Luke 21, Jesus is, clearly details what's going to happen in the last days. Again, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. There's going to be an increase and a multitude of issues. How many people know there's always been earthquakes? But in the last days, there's going to be an increase. How many people know there's always been famines? But there's going to be an increase. How many people know there's always been plagues? Yes, but there's going to be an increase. So Jesus clearly says, these are the signs that I'm coming back, is that there's going to be an increase of issues in the last days right so also he he makes this declaration there's going to be a great falling away that takes place a lot of christians are going to fall away from their faith for various reasons um i i, I want to use this term and i don't hope i don't use it really negatively but it's called deconstruction it's where they take their faith and they deconstruct it and uh, what happens is they reconstruct it to fit their lifestyle Okay, so you see some of that going on. Now this scripture, I love this scripture because what Paul does is Paul gives us basically the prevailing atmosphere in the last days. Now tell me as we read this that this doesn't sound similar to our world. This is the prevailing atmosphere in the last days. So Paul says, he's writing this to Timothy, his spiritual son. It's a letter. He goes, but mark this. Write this down. Know this. Put it in the bank. There will be terrible times in the last days. Say terrible times. Right. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to parents. Right there, your parents can be like elbowing the kids, okay? Ungrateful unholy, without love, unforgiving, slander. Now, when it says without love, there's going to be love in the last days, but it's going to be an unholy love towards other things, money, and so forth. There's not going to be a godly. So without godly love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. What's self-control? It's a fruit of the Spirit, right? So brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here thinking as, as as Paul's writing this to Timothy, and he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he's thinking, "Oh my goodness, what a terrible time it's going to be" as he keeps going and going. Conceited lovers, there's that word, lovers, unholy love of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having this is a big one, and I speak. I believe this is speaking directly to the church. Having a form of godliness, but denying. The power of the Holy Spirit to bring real change into your life and conviction. Come on, somebody, right? So it says, he he makes it very clear, have nothing to do with these people. Now, this is important. It doesn't mean that you don't try to lead them to the Lord. It doesn't mean you don't try to preach the gospel. It doesn't mean that you don't try to love them. When he talks about have nothing to do with them, it means don't fellowship with them where they can rub off on you. See, what's happening in our colleges is a lot of young people are going to college and they're having something to do with these type of people. And what happens? They become like those people. All right? So it's important. You separate yourself in the sense of protecting yourself. So all these signs will progress. So the signs that I've been telling you taking place will progress, and this is my belief, will there be a sudden rapture of the church or a taking to heaven of the church where Jesus will come back, take believers, those that have lived their Christ, that have accepted, believed, and lived their lives for Christ. Again, some don't believe in a rapture. Some believe it happens at different times. This is my opinion. Rapture will happen. They'll be taken away. At that time, The book of Daniel says this, there will be a seven-year period of tribulation. So follow the the timeline. Seven years. After the church is taken away, there will be a seven-year tribulation period with three and a half years of peace. The first three and a half years will be peaceful, followed by three and a half years of total chaos and an incredible increase in ungodliness. It is during this time that this person called the Antichrist will appear, a man who will unite the nations of the world with a false peace, again, first three three and a half years. But then after three and a half years, his true colors will show, and he will call the world to worship him, so much to the point that he will go into the holy temple in Jerusalem and put himself up and set himself up as God and demand to be worshipped by the world. I can't imagine that taking place, but that's what's gonna happen. Along with the Antichrist, you might have heard of this person. He is called the false prophet. The false prophet is going to be one that is risen at the same time, and his, uh, his basically, his sole job is to serve the Antichrist and to serve his agenda. His strategy will be to help the Antichrist gain control of the world. So he'll be like, if I could say it this way so you'd understand it in the United States, he'll be like the vice president or the secretary of defense. He'll be second in command, and his job will be to help the Antichrist to gain control worldwide, even of the economies of the world. He will also, the scripture says, and I don't have time to go into this, he will be the one behind getting everybody to receive the mark of the beast. Okay, and we'll touch on that a little bit. So, he will accomplish this by basically, this is my opinion. He will accomplish this by basically saying, if you don't get this, the Bible says you'll not be able to buy or sell. I call it this. He's going to give you a license to be able to live, to survive. Think about it. If you can't go to the store and buy, forget your toilet paper. I'm talking food, I'm talking medicine. I'm talking the basic necessities of life. He is going to give people the license to be able to live. And if you do not receive this mark of the beast, those you know, you're going to be suffering basically. Those that accept it, this is tough, are going to clearly distinguish themselves as followers of the Antichrist. Now, I, I, I don't want to, you know, this message can be a little overwhelming, but I don't want to freak people out but I have gone through this scenario in my own heart. And I know all of us would sit here and say, there's no way I'm going to get the mark of the beast. But if your kids are dying, starving before you, the pressure to bow is going to be immense. I I could see parents rolling the dice of which one's going to get the mark to save their family. See, I've thought it through. And I thought to myself, why, man, we have to get ourselves prepared to stand to stand, to be strong, right? So, also, as this is going on during the seven-year period of time, a lot's taking place, God has set apart for himself 144,000 Jewish males that are pure, that are going to be released as evangelists to the world. I believe this will be the last time for people to be able to be saved. This is the last call. People say there's going to be revival before um, the rapture. I don't know if I totally believe that. I believe there's going to be a real intense desire for the church to become a pure and spotless bride, right? But I think the greatest revival in the last days is going to happen after the rapture, during the tribulation. Because I tell you what, man, you want to see people get saved knowing if they receive salvation they're going to die. You're going to see people seeking the Lord. So I think you're going to see a a real clear um, revival during that time. So these 144,000 Jewish men are going to be released to the world. At the same time, two godly witnesses are going to rise up on the scene. Two godly witnesses. And for several, several weeks, they're going to be able to perform miraculous signs. They're going to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. They're, they're, going, to, they're going to embody everything that God is. Okay? Now, I could tell you personally who I think they are. I, you know, I personally think it's going to be Moses. And Elijah, the reason why I say Moses and Elijah, because if you look in Revelation of what they're going to be able to do, they're going to be able to cause water to turn to blood. Who did that that in the Bible? Moses. They're going to be able to call down fire. Who did that in the Bible? Elijah. Who met with Jesus at the Mount Transfiguration? Moses. Right? So I think you're going to see, I think it's going to be them, but we don't know. They're going to come on the scene. Listen to this. And they're going to do great displays of power. But after a time, God is going to lift his protection on them. And they're going to be killed, slaughtered, literally tortured. And their bodies are going to be displayed for the entire world to see. Their dead bodies. For three and a half days. Catch this. The world is going to be filled with such great evil at this time that they're going to celebrate It's going to be like Christmas, where they're going to give each other presents because of their deaths. Think about how deranged that is. These two men have died, and we're going to celebrate their death by giving each other presents. The Bible says that. Why? you got to understand. The church is gone. Conviction, for the most part, is gone. Conviction of sin. So when these two men come on the scene and start espousing the Word of God... Conviction's going to return to all those people living evil lives, and they're going to want to get rid of it as fast as they can. If I could say it like this, the chains of restraint are going to be gone, and all of a sudden you're going to see these two witnesses come on, and they're just going to declare God, and it's going to be so convicting. They want them off the scene. So I'm almost done with this little timeline. During the first three and a half years, the Antichrist, again, will promise peace. He's actually going to bring peace to the Middle East, which is incredible to think about. He's going to bring peace to Jerusalem, to Israel, and to all the nations around there. But after three and a half years, his true intentions are going to be revealed. And his intentions are similar to what you heard from uh, Iran, which said, we're going to wipe Israel off the map. And so what's going to happen, he's eventually going to raise up an army, I think it's going to be an uh, international army, uh, you know, I, I have no idea, but it's going to be an army, and he's going to begin to march on Israel to destroy them. He's going to end up in the Valley of Megiddo, which is M-E-G-I-D-D-O, I believe it's how it's spelled, some of you might have heard of it before, and when he's marching, other nations, catch this, are going to come and try to confront him and stop him. Why? I don't think it has anything to do about protecting Israel. It's because they're afraid of this Antichrist literally taking over powerfully the entire world where no one can stand against him. So they're going to come against him. They're going to meet in this, this valley. You ever hear the battle of Armageddon? That's where it's going to be. And at that moment, Jesus is going to show up on a white horse with all the dead in Christ. They're going to rise with him. All the saints and the angels are going to come and battle against him. These evil forces. Can somebody say amen? What's going to happen? The sword out of his mouth, a fiery sword, I believe it's the word of God, he's just going to go, and it's going to be over. It's not going to be, why do I think that? Because it says the saints show up in white outfits, right? white robes. You don't go to a battle, you wear armor. So they're not even going to be involved. We're going to be spectators. We're going to watch our king of kings and lord of lords defeat the evil one. And at that point, the, 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 um, the uh, Antichrist, the false prophet, will be chained, thrown into the lake of fire, and then the thousand-year reign of Christ begins. And I'm not going to get into that. So that's just a simple, very basic timeline of the end. Now, sounds like Lord of the Rings, doesn't it? Right? It sounds a little crazy. But I want to tell you, we now live in a society where everything that the Bible says can and will happen. And I'm going to share with you. You this morning, how farther down the road we have gone? Ready? The first one: the advent of advanced technology. This has been going on for years. It's increasing. It's getting stronger. In Revelation chapter one verse seven, I have several scriptures I could give, but I don't have time to go into each one. But in Revelation chapter. Um, chapter 1 verse 7 it says look he is coming who's he the Lord Jesus on the clouds with the clouds and what does it say how many eyes every eye will see him even those who pierced him and what all peoples on the earth will mourn because of him now catch this this is important this is talking about his return when this was written by John, there is no way God's... I don't even know how. I guarantee you as he's writing this, he's probably thinking in his mind, I got this wrong. I'm hearing this wrong. Because how can everybody on the earth see him? At that time, they had no possibility. It wasn't even in the realm. It'd be like me telling you right now that in the future, we're going to be able to disappear and reappear you know, in Florida. Y'all would say, I'm crazy, what are you talking about? It's even even farther fetched than that. And that's what he was writing, he said, every eye is going to see him, all the peoples of the earth will mourn. So what happens? We needed technology to come to a point where this could take place. We're now there, obviously, we're there. Everybody can get on their iPhones even now and dial and FaceTime anybody in the world and watch what's happening instantly in that moment. Daniel 12 speaks of an increase of travel and knowledge in the last days. Daniel, Old Testament says in the last days there's going to be an increase of knowledge Well, what did you need to have an increase of technology? You need knowledge Come on, what's happening? We see an increase of travel, people going to and fro An article found in this ZME Science uh, website says this Five decades ago, that's 50 years ago, not that long ago In 1969, a little over five years ago Man landed on the moon did you know that? Just so you know, I know that because it's the year of my birth. Despite the fact that NASA computers were pitifully slow, catch this, ready? This is the computer that helped navigate that Apollo uh, spaceship to land on the moon. What does that look like? It looks like an oversized calculator today. That's the computer power, right? That's what it had back then to be able to... Um, computerized, be able to use that space script to be able to go 240,000 miles through space to land on the moon. Listen, today, a normal $1.99 pocket calculator from down at Dollar General has more computing power than that did. A USB-C, one of your chargers, your little charger, not not the iPhone, the charger has more computing power than this did. Think about how far we've come. Matter of fact, I could go on. If you used an iPhone 6, which if any of you have an iPhone 6, God bless you, because most of my kids need to have the latest and greatest, the iPhone 6 has enough power, had enough power, to be able to send basically 100 million ships, Apollo ships, at the same time to navigate them compared to this computer. That's the difference in technology in just 50 years, and how many people know it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger? One of the outcomes of the pandemic was what? A large push to go online. Everybody went online. Everybody went online. From appointments to school to work to shopping to church, everyone that was quarantined turned online. I believe this trend is going to continue. Every aspect of our lives will be online and have an online component. Ready? In some aspects, they already are. We pay bills, social media. We meet people, we call people, and we don't just call them on landlines. How many people here still have a landline? Everything is moving online. Now, catch this. We communicate online, right? We purchase online. We socialize online. Why not next live online? And with that, I say, how many people heard about Facebook's announcement two weeks ago? They're starting a new platform, a new level of technology. They're going to join into the land of the metaverse. The metaverse is a digital world. It's their version of their digital world where you'll be able to work, create, and do whatever you want to do, purchase items, whatever. You're gonna create your world. You wanna play chess with someone across the globe? Bam, you can do it. You wanna visit a monument somewhere in the US? Bam, do it. Want to work from home? Bam, do it. Want to go to appointments where they'll be able to interact with your doctor three dimensionally? Do it. Now this sounds amazing, it sounds so much easier, doing it from the comfort of your home. We're gonna to get to the point where we're not gonna to have to leave our lazy boy. Everything's gonna be right there, right? Until you delve a little deeper and you begin to realize there's a dark side to this, and I want to touch on this a little bit. Want to change your appearance because you're not happy with how you look? Done. Want to be another sex? Done. Want to fulfill your darkest fantasies, even those that break the law? Done. Want to interact with people that have died and raise them back from the dead? Done. Want to escape your responsibilities? Done. What is the result? A lessening of the importance of the created world of God and its laws. Come on, you will rarely see people face to face. You're creating an alternate reality so you can escape and not face your current one. Literally, even today, people are spending thousands of dollars to create this fake reality. You're creating an imaginary perfect life, getting so invested in it that your normal life becomes extinct and you totally neglect it and its relationships. If you think on I'm crazy. It's coming and it's coming fast. In addition, with this digital world that's being created, it's not just being created by Facebook. It's already out there by so many other uh, companies. There's going to be even a greater inequality and a disparity of wealth. I want you to share these numbers with you. They're astounding to you. Ready? During the pandemic, the last 18 months, listen to the wealth gain of these people. Bill Gates, who was the former CEO of Microsoft, made $32 billion in the last 18 months. 32 billion. Now you got to remember there was businesses closed. People lost their businesses, people lost their jobs, they lost their all kinds of financially strapped and the billionaires of the world made out. You got to understand what's going on here. I'm trying to frame a picture. Phil Knight, you know who he is? He's the CEO of Nike. You know how much he made? $32 billion. The Walton family, you know what they own? They, they basically own the majority of stock in Walmart. They made $42 billion. Larry Ellison, who's a, a CEO of Oracle Computer Software, he's now retired, he made $65 billion billion. This is not what they're worth. This is how much they made in 18 months. Larry Page, who's the CEO of Google, who owns YouTube, $66 billion. Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, who owns Instagram, $74 billion. Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, $75 billion. Elon Musk, who owns SpaceX, CEO of SpaceX. And Tesla, guess how much he earned, or how much he grossed, or how much net worth increased, $150 billion in the last 18 months. Now I want to ask you, have you increased in value and net worth in the last 18 months like that? I would guarantee you most middle class, lower class people would say no, right? While many people lost their jobs and struggled financially, the rich grew exponentially wealthier, and this will only increase. Why will this increase? You need to get this. People are going to begin to spend less money on tangible things and more on digital things. Why? Because it's a fantasy world where you can be whatever you want to be. Now, for some of you, you're like, well, this is is crazy. No, actually, it's already going on. If you go into your app store on your phone, you will see most games that you can download. I just did this one this morning because I thought I'm going to give them a picture. Notice what it says. Age what? Four plus years old, four. And this game in the circle offers, it's free. You get the game, but immediately if you start, I've never played this before, I don't know what it is, but if you were able to get this game, immediately you're going to be confronted with the need to, in order to compete with other people, you're going to have to spend real cash in-app purchases, you can barely see it, in order to compete. Now, I know, I've played some games, and as a matter of fact, there's one game i played for years. um, It was on my phone, uh, and I played with people from around the world. And there was people on this game who told me they would spend sometimes $10,000 a month on a game digitally. And that isn't even a virtual 3D world. It's 2D right in front of you. As people purchase and invest more and more into digital items, the rich will continue to gain incredible wealth because they own the infrastructure. For perspective, some of you might know this, Bill Gates is now the, the, um, basically the largest private landowner in the U.S. right now. And he most, a lot of his land is next to rivers. Now, we can, oh, this is evil. I'm just saying, wake up. Because this, they're creating a world besides the one that God created, and they're creating it where people can become whoever they want to become and try to be happy without God. And what's going to happen is people are going to spend and spend and spend time there, and next thing you know, the disparity of wealth is going to grow, and the control over people is going to continue. Now, some of you are like, All right, Sean. What are you talking about? Did you know that you could actually purchase digital real estate right now? Some of you are like, what are you talking about? You can go on the internet, and if you want a piece, piece of New York City, you can go spend real money and buy a part of New York City, a building. This is just starting. So, For those of you that think this is way down the road, it's already taking place. You want a beach house? Go buy it. You can do it right now digitally. You want a log cabin on 1,000 acres? You can literally, with real money, go purchase these items. Now, I I know right away when I started sharing some of this with people, they're like, I I don't understand. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, I think it's obvious you're buying something where you're going to create a fake reality so you don't have to face your real one. You buy a, a beach house and you invite all your friends over in this digital world where you're in some kind of glasses where you can't see anything normal and you're sitting in a chair or standing there for hours upon hours and you have a party and you invite your friends over and the next thing you know your place becomes the most popular place and you have people asking to come to your parties and maybe even famous people and you're rubbing shoulders with all kinds guess what happens? You can look whatever you want to look like, whatever sex you want to look like, you can do whatever you want to look and you show up at these parties and people worship the ground you walk on it's not that far away, I'm telling you it's Demonic, and it's what's coming. In many ways, it's here. It's an escape. You can furnish and decorate your houses with real money. I was looking. There's a popular game. There's several, you know, kind of games that are venturing into this. Minecraft, right? That's the two. You know, it's 3D, but it's 2D really. Um, another popular one is Fortnite, right? You ever heard of Fortnite? Um, they recently had a concert on there with a with a popular singer. They, you know, it wasn't him. It was like his avatar, which is a fake of who he looks like, but cartoonish, 30 million kids watched it. 30 million. How many people watched To Be honest. Raise your hand. Don't lie to me. There's another popular game right now that's actually been out for 12 years, but it's growing in immense popularity, and it's called Roblox. And Roblox is really facilitating this because what is it doing? It's allowing people to go into the world and create their world, become who they want to be. And I want to tell you, if your kids have it already, I'm going to tell you, I guarantee you they've come and asked you for money. I'm not trying to make this evil. I'm trying to prepare you to be able to draw a line. See, what I saw back in the day, I used Dustin because he's my buddy and I know a lot about his life. He worked in a farm when he was in his teens, He didn't play video games that really weren't available per se, but he worked on a farm and when he made money, he bought a four-wheeler or he bought a calf or he bought something tangible that would turn around and make more money. Today kids are working and they're spending all their money and putting it into a digital world where the rich are getting richer and we're not having anything to show for it. If you think it's going away oh, this is a trend. It's going to go away. It ain't going away. Let me show you. This this is mind-boggling to me. I've been researching this for at least two months now. This is mind-boggling to me. Look at some of the things. What's happening? You ever hear of these things called NFTs? They're called non-fungible tokens. In other words, they can't be touched. Like if you were to buy that chair right there, that has value as a chair. You can touch that chair, right? It has value. These things are digital things. You can't touch them. They're only online. But people are now starting to sell these items. Catch this. They're called NFTs. Tom Brady recently put out this digital card. You can't That's a digital thing. It's online. You can't touch it. But they made five thousand of them that were basically—you see the barcode at the bottom—that were specific for five thousand. They sold five thousand of them at twelve dollars a piece in twelve minutes for sixty thousand dollars total. Oh, you—if you think that's crazy, watch this. This is called the Bitcoin Angel. I find it. What I'm finding that's very interesting to me is a lot of these. Pictures or drawings or paintings they're doing digitally have significance spiritually. You see the 777 down in the corner? That is the number of man. Humanism. They made 4,157 different editions. The same picture, but different editions. Ready? Listen. 4,157. They sold for $777 in just over seven minutes for $3.2 million. This is all this year. Oh, you're going to love this one. This one right here, actually, I like saying because it's so ridiculous. It's called The Everlasting Beautiful. And the artist is called Fawocious. I'm not kidding. Fawocious. He's an 18-year-old artist from Las Vegas named Victor. And he's in his his senior year of high school. This just sold digitally for $550,000. Some of you might have seen this thing. It's a Pop-Tart cat. The rights to that thing was just sold. The rights to it. When I say rights, you can still go online. I just got a copy of it. Look. But the rights to say you're the owner of it was just sold. Guess how much? Ready? $561,000. I don't even know where I'd put that. This one is at least a little bit cooler. Yeah. That's be a screensaver. Yeah. You know how much that sold for? $809,000. Oh, you, 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 th- th- this is one of my favorite ones. Ready? This, I'm just giving you a bunch of them because you've got to recognize this is real because I think some of you are like, oh, we're in the country. This is never going to hit us. Wake up. This one is called the replicator. You know what I call it? I call it a printer. That picture digitally just sold for $4.1 million. <laughs> I literally consider, I'm going to just go home and draw something and put it out there. You never know. How many people have never heard anything like this before? Just gaze at this picture. It's disturbing, right? You can't see it, but if you notice, there's a goat at the bottom. Think about the significance biblically of a goat. This is obviously a writer that doesn't believe in the Lord. And on the goat, you can't see it. It says 666. That sold for 700 Again, numerology in the sense of understanding numbers in the Bible—that sold for seven hundred and seventy-seven thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven and seventy-seven cents. Man, six six six. Catch this. Notice the naked man in the background. You know who that is? It's Trump. This guy, same guy that released the last one that said six six six, released this after Trump was defeated. You can see his, uh, his corpse is laying there. It says loser. Says A- amongst other things on it that are absolutely horrible, and that sold for sixty six thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars and sixty six cents last October. It is now valued by now. See, some of you are like, "Oh, well, this is just you know they're just buying it with Bitcoin." No, Sotheby's and Christie's are selling these, the top auction houses in the country. So this isn't fake stuff going on here. This is real. This is valued by Christie's right now to be worth sixty-six million six hundred sixty-six thousand sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. They now it's 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 increased in value a hundred. A hundred times, basically, a hundred times to over $66 million. The same guy that wrote, or that, I don't even want to call it art, did the last one, did this one. Now, I'm going to keep going. Same guy again. These are all the digital pictures, or all the pictures he's drawn since 2007, I believe it is. Same guy. His name is Mike Whippleman. The one that's on the last two. It's called Every Days. It's all his compilation of drawings since 2007. It just was recently purchased, that picture, digitally, for $69 million. That's the bomb bike. They can say they own it. They, They can say they own it. That's it. Can somebody say too much money? Rich have too much. Come on, come on, come on. I'm almost I know that's that's the question everybody's asking. Well, what does it do for you? It does nothing. But this is you've got to understand the mentality the digital world, all the things that are coming, catch it. This thing is actually it's a pixelated picture. If you can, I don't know if you can tell or not, it has a mask on. <laughs> okay? Right? This is called cryptopunk. This digital picture, ready nick, 11.8 million. I got two more. The first tweet ever tweeted on Twitter by the owner, CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, his first tweet, he just made this digital, this digital picture. He just made the first tweet, the tweet, words. And was it, March 21st, 2006. The first tweet from Twitter, from the CEO, he just made into an NFT, a non-fungible token, that's what this is, ready? Sold for 2.9 million. And my favorite of all of them, is the the golden gummy bear with a skeleton body? I'm jokingly say this sold for a million dollars. It's digital. See, yeah, right, right away. We think tangible. We're thinking, oh, if it's solid gold, a million dollars, it's worth it. It's yeah, it's solid gold. Digitally, church. If I haven't convinced you yet, I'm not going to convince you. We are going digital. So again, what would you do with these items? Listen. You're going to create your house wherever you want it to be on the digital world. You're going to become who you want to look like. And you're going to buy these things to furnish the walls of your house and different things. Did you know in Roblox right now you can buy Gucci items? How many people don't know what Gucci is? Some of you don't. I know you don't. But anyway, Gucci is like, it's bougie, right? Am I saying that right? It's bougie, right? Gucci is like, you know, $500 belts. They're expensive stuff, right? So... You liked that, Pete, didn't you? They're already offering it, but it's going to be, what it's going to be is you're going to start investing in the digital world, which is just beyond what I can even imagine. We're going to see more and more of a push to engage on these platforms. Can I be honest with you? The last 18 months, the pandemic has pushed us even further than we can imagine. After all, isn't the, the, I believe the mark of the beast going to be some kind of digital mark? probably going to be Digital Mark. Did you know there's technology now present to have a worldwide digital chip either in the hand or the forehead? Did you know there's a company in Sweden right now that has already, their employees, they have 6,000 employees and they've chipped every single one of them so they can just scan their hand in front of the door, open it up, they can scan it at a grocery store, they can buy things, they can scan it to sell things. Everything's in that chip. Their health, everything, information. And the last one I just want to touch on really, really quick uh, in this section I got a hustle here, don't I? Yeah. Cryptocurrency, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, most of you probably know what this is, but this is a digital currency. I believe this is going to be the one world currency at the end for several reasons. How many people have ever heard this term called the deep state? Can I be honest with you, really, what the deep state, if there is or if there isn't, I don't know. But I will tell you there's a handful of people that control the world's economy. Did you know that there's a handful of people that control the world's economy? What cryptocurrency does is takes the power from them. I don't know if you know that or not, but if you studied it a little bit, what you're doing is you're no longer using banks to do banking. You, you know, bypass them completely, and, and cryptocurrency is allowing a people to control it. Now, this is important. Why would that be important? Because you can't have five or six or ten people ruling the world if there's only going to be one. So I think this cryptocurrency is is literally, you know, unseating, and if I could say it that way, the deep state or these people that run the world's economy. The spread of evil. I want to quickly get through this as much as I can. Number two, the spread of evil. Um, Matthew 24, Jesus said this in the end times. Because of the increase of wickedness, what? The increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. I'm going to say it again. Because of the increase of sin and evil, the love of people are going to grow cold. Are we seeing more than ever before people hating one another, despising one another, doing things to one another that we would never imagine doing? And the gun gets blamed. It's the heart that needs changed. Did you know socialism is a virus spreading throughout this country? It's the number one threat to the U.S. It's not the, you know, the epidemic. It's not diseases. It's not, you know, leaders. It's socialism. Get this. It's the number one threat in the U.S. It was conceived by a man named Karl Marx in 1848. And this philosophy has seen, it's hard for them to figure this out, but most believe it is, this philosophy has seen over a hundred million people killed under its regimes. And yet, they just did a poll and 40% of Americans are in favor of it. Does that reveal maybe the heart? COVID-19 appears to be man-made in the lab. They... they refuse to look into it. I don't understand that. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get politically into it. But it's a manufactured, I believe wholeheartedly, it's a manufactured deadly virus. They call it gain of function. And this isn't the only one being produced. They've already found out they're doing other ones. Now catch this. Why would you manufacture a deadly virus? For what purpose? To what end? Can I tell you? Evil intent. You don't do that. You don't do it unless there's evil intent. Most of you will know about this me just putting it up there recently there was a concert at astral world by travis scott who was the host who created it this is travis scott right there um it was a rap concert with all kinds of musicians that were there and if you know people died from being you know suff basically suffocating and being uh, stamped or tram- trampled on um if i could say something about this i think it's very very important that we hear this When I saw what happened or heard what happened, I felt like the Spirit compelled me to look into it more because I'm like, this isn't normal. This isn't normal. When I went to concerts, I used to have fun. I didn't think about that, right? The, the, the pressure. I mean if you watch the overhead the, the crowd swaying and pushing and cr- crushing. I don't know if you know this but every one of the people that died were under 31 years old with the youngest being 9 years old and they all died of suffocation but they died of heart attacks. You don't have heart attacks at 31 and under unless there's extreme pressure emotionally. I can't even imagine my wife said to me can you imagine the last breath you take is at a Travis concert. Now I, I don't want to belabor this too much but i think you need to get this because we're going to see more of this take place and i don't mean deaths but listen to me right now attendees that went to this concert even ones that were non-christians i'm telling you non-christians i saw a video of a young black man sitting in his car right afterwards going i just visited hell a non-believer he goes the atmosphere was evil when all those people move they're gonna find dead bodies under the crowd this is what this guy was saying And yet they're still dancing and singing. I mean, I personally looks like hell. I saw a video that so moved I mean, I don't even want to say moved me, so stunned me. It's probably and I've seen a lot of stuff in my days. It was a video of the bodies laying on the ground, and the EMTs are doing chest compressions. And the the camera's showing them doing They have blotched out the face, you don't see what it is, but they're doing chest compressions, trying to bring somebody back to life. And the camera spins up, and there is Travis Scott on a 30-foot platform rapping as it's going on about 100 yards away. And then all of a sudden, they go over, and there's an ambulance that the EMTs came in, totally surrounded by people with people on top of the ambulance dancing right next to the dead bodies. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, narcissistic, lovers of pleasure, not lovers of God. Can I tell you that we don't understand this in some senses because I, I think we were a little naive, which I think is some ways good, but I think you're going to see more demonic tent revivals. You're going to see more demonic events take place. I believe that was a demonic... I'm not saying Travis Scott knows what he was doing. I'm not even going to tell you. I don't, I don't know that. But I will tell you that the demons of hell were released in this show. The spirit of death was there. And you're going to see more and more of these type festivals take place. And to, listen, and I'm going to say this. I, I believe this. To unknowing teens, young people. They're going. They don't understand. They don't know what they're stepping into, and they're stepping into the atmosphere that's happening here and partaking of these things, and they don't even truly understand what's taking place. You see more and more of it. Oh, and let me just finish with this. Unless you think I'm overdoing it and making it more than it is, one of the co-performers there, most of you know who he is. His name is Drake. Everybody know what I'm talking about. He's very popular. Set the record for the, his albums being on, on the on the the charts, the longest. This happened, and he performed at this show. The very next night, knowing that people had died, he goes to a strip club in Houston, where this took place, and spent a million dollars, throwing, making it rain, if you know what that means, throwing a million dollars in this club to strippers. I don't know about you, but if I performed at some place where people died, I would be in my house, so mournful, so upset, Contacting authorities, contacting the families, what can I do for you? But he's at a strip club. If you don't need to know, and these are the people that are leading our young people, if you don't need to know that they're being led right to hell, we need to wake up. We need to draw some lines in the sand. We need to draw some lines in the sand. I mean, the last point I have is very encouraging, so it's kind of hard to stop right here. But I think I'm going to and finish it up next week. But listen, when I preach messages like this, I'm preaching them to you because I'm not doing it to scare you. I'm doing it to prepare you and to, to, if I could say this, sober you. I heard a preacher say this week, the spirit of numb has been on the church. They're just numb to stuff like this. We're numb. We see that and we're, like, oh, you know, you know, you know. Listen to the clean version, and we don't recognize the spirit behind it. Now, I'm not sitting there, you know. I, if you're one of those parents that are going to go home and stop your kids from playing video games, you're miss the point of what I'm saying. But what we need to understand is moderation. We need to understand uh, accountability, responsibility. We need to understand that when things are taking place, the repercussions behind it. Can we step back as a church? and view what's going on, completely view what's going on, and understand what's going on, that these are the signs that Jesus said was going to take place, that we're going to usher us in the end times. More than ever, we need to recognize them, understand them, and stand, and stand. We can't be shy anymore. We can't be shy anymore. Just to give a little, little flavor for next week, I'm going to talk about the supernatural next week. I'm going to talk about the systems that are, this is really important, the systems that are being put in place right now. And then the last, which is the encouraging part, is I'm going to talk about the restoration of all things. The restoration of all things. Because that's going to take place too. It's going to be exciting. So what do we do? We stand. We stand. Amen. We understand what's going on. We eat a servant. We see what's taking place. And we use wisdom and understanding. Can I say, parents, listen, I'm going I'm to give, listen, all the parents here, I'm going to set you free. Ready? Here we are. Ready? Here it is. You're allowed to say no to your kids. You are allowed to say no to your kids. I, I love some of the arguments. They're not arguments. They're discussions that I have with my youngest one, Emmy. I love it. She goes, why can't I? I don't have to tell you. No. Well, I want to. I tried a different way. No. Well, Dad, you don't understand everybody's going to be there. No. You're so mean. No. And after a while, it feels good. No. 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 Everybody say it. Parents say it. Look at your kid and say it. Some of you are like, I can't do it. Dad, can I have $20 for Roblox? Can I have $20 for Minecraft? Can I watch this show that's rated X, but they bleep out some of the bad stuff? There you go. Come on, stand to your feet. We'll finish next week. I'm going to even talk about the Avengers next week. Woo! Some like, I love the Avengers. Don't touch the, Don't you touch the Avengers. They're as holy as holy. It's the Trinity, then the Avengers. Let's pray, and I'm going to get you out of here. Thanks for hanging with me today. I know this is a tough subject. I hope I didn't leave you depressed and discouraged, I'm just trying to arm you with information. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. I pray you bless these people as they go. I pray that, Father, if nothing else, this is a wake-up call. Your word says in the Old Testament, it says, blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Father, I, pr- I pray that this, was, this is what that was this morning, an alarm, a trumpet blast, to let people know that we have to, as Christians, put the lines down. Be the shining example. Be a city on a hill. Different. Set apart. Holy. Paul said it. Be holy as I'm holy. And I pray in Jesus' name that there would be no condemnation in this place. Father, if, if there are kids playing these games, that the parents would just decide what's too much. Where's the line? And I speak blessing right now over everybody that heard this word that it would sit deep within their hearts and their souls and their spirits because we are in for a battle. We are in a battle. But I love the fact that we know we won. Bless them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's sermon. For more information on our church, check out our Facebook page or our website, www.lighthousecanton.com. Have a great week.